Let us hear the gospel from Luke chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Any help out here? And we're always glad you came. Mm. You want to be where you can see your troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. That was weak. Can we get some help back here? <laughs> Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. These memorable words are from the television theme song for Cheers, set in a local bar. This was a place of friends and family and of all things being familiar, a place where everybody knew your name, a place of intimate and real connection and real conversation, a place of support, a place where everyone was all the same. There are places where we are comfortable to have meaningful and in-depth conversations. And if we pay attention, we might just find God there. And we might find God speaking to us through someone that we did not expect. I have had great conversations with people over the years in restaurants and airplanes, on fishing trips, hunting trips, vacations, at universities and coffee shops. The list goes on 
and on. People who have inspired me, people that I have seen the image of God in. And one of the meaningful and intimate things about Jesus is that he went to those places where the gathered people were because the kingdom of God that he was ushering in did not have boundaries based on types of people. He knew that people's troubles were all the same, that all people needed a savior, and that heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. Today's gospel lesson sets Jesus in a place where he welcomed and ate with those whom the Pharisees and the scribes labeled as sinners. And this means simply that they are people that no one else wants to hang around with for fear that the reprehensible reputations of the one would implicate the good reputations of the other. This was hardly a dinner list that anyone in their right mind would put together. It broke cultural barriers. It caused tension. Here a famous and notorious rabbi is sitting down and eating with them, getting to know their names, telling stories about God's love. The side conversation with the Pharisees and the scribes begin quickly. They are there in that huddle making marks on how Jesus is breaking the rules. The whispering begins. Who invited them? Why would Jesus embrace this woman and this man? Does he not know what they do for a living? Who does this Jesus think he is? He talks about godly things. And then he breaks bread with sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus begins to speak in parables. In this diverse gathering for which Jesus has voluntarily come, he understands that he needs to talk about God in a clear and an understandable way and in a way that his opponents might also hear. So he speaks of a shepherd and a lost sheep. A shepherd values the health and safety of his flock. His sheep are the source of his income. They are a part of his estate and they are precious in his eyes. He knows the vulnerability of his sheep, no matter how strong or put together they look. He knows that if a sheep gets lost, that they do not know how to find their way back home. A lost sheep just sits down and tries to hide from its predators. They cannot fight back. They cannot defend themselves. So the shepherd searches for the lost sheep. And when the shepherd finds it, the sheep will not return home on its own. 
The shepherd must pick it up, bear the sheep on his shoulders and carry it home. And he does this because the sheep is valuable. When he gets home, he doesn't take it lightly, but he throws a party to rejoice that the sheep made it home. The sheep was lost, and now the sheep has been picked up, carried home, and found. So they start scratching their heads, and they begin to wonder, hmm, I've never really heard of a God like this. Shouldn't the sheep have been punished, fenced in, pressed into a corner? Shouldn't the sheep have to somehow pay for getting lost in the first place? Why all this rejoicing over one sheep? Then he moves on and uses a feminine example the woman values the hard-earned money that she has scraped up and saved for her family. She wants her children to be well-fed and cared for. She wants to provide for their needs. And if she happens to be a widow, she has a daunting task before her. If she loses a coin, then she does all she can to find it. She does this because the coin is valuable. Then Jesus makes his case clear. When one who is lost is found by God, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. When you found God, angels rejoiced over you. or when God found you first. One means anyone who is lost, anyone. No one in this room hearing this and no one hearing this online has always been found. Sheep, people, we get lost all the time. Now they are out there, but I've rarely, rarely encountered anyone who walks around with their heads held high, consistently uttering, I've been found, I've been found, look at me. I've always been found, I'm a found person. Typically people, when they're honest, have a story. And when one is found by Jesus, they realize that God has known their name all along, like a shepherd with a lost sheep, or like a caring mother with a lost coin. When the lost are found, heaven rejoices, and the kingdom of God grows and thrives with people who are very different from one another. And it is beautiful. But there's another component to these parables because parables always have various meanings. The shepherd who looks for his lost sheep and the woman who searches for her lost coin, they have to believe that the sheep and the coin are valuable enough for the search. The sheep and the coin have to matter to them 
They must break their heart until they find them. When we as repentant sinners realize the depths of God's love for us, it changes us and enables us to be searchers for the lost ourselves. We notice the pain and the vulnerability of those who are lost and wondering, and we become a safe harbor, and we lead people home into the loving embrace of God, and doesn't our world need more of that from the church? The late Queen Elizabeth II stated in her 2002 Christmas broadcast, our modern world places such heavy demands on our time and attention that the need to remember our responsibilities to others is greater than ever. And in these parables, we see that as Christians, we are the shepherd and we are the woman. And we cannot fulfill our mission unless we see all people as valuable and fearfully and wonderfully made by God. This is why this church is and will always be a church inclusive of all people as we lead others to safety and to find rest at home in the kingdom of God. We are the hands, feet, and body of Christ that rejoices over the lost, ending up at home in safety and in rest, active and vibrant in God's kingdom. We join with the angels in the joy of the heavenly host when the lost are found. Hallelujah. Imagine God's kingdom. Imagine God's kingdom as this massive jar. Imagine humanity as a bunch of lost coins. Coins from all over, different sizes and shapes. Old coins, new coins, all valuable. And when lost coins are found, they are placed in the jar because they are valuable. But then someone rolls along wanting to separate the coins in the jar, putting them in stacks based on which ones the agitator thinks are most valuable and the most useful so they can build their own kingdom. But they can't get the jar open. They can't separate the coins to then discard the ones that they do not find useful. So frustrated, they pick up the jar and turn it over and they shake it all around and they shake, 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 trying to separate the coins so they can identify which ones are more useful to them and keep them separate from the ones that are less valuable to them. They do this for days and days on end trying to get it to work for them, but they can't get it to work for them because it's God's jar. They try to break the jar, but they can't. All the while, they realize that more and more coins are coming in from the top. What they don't realize is that every single solitary coin is of value 
to the whole, and every single solitary coin is worth finding. And this is the kingdom of God. No human power or thought or theology or program or church can break it open and make it solely their own. It's ever-growing, ever-expanding, and ever-enlarging. Every coin, every person is of ultimate value to our God who is love now. We don't have the pseudo-luxury of saying, let's stack up and stay only with those coins like ourselves, and one day it will be all better because we'll all be in heaven together, and then we'll be happy. We don't even pray that way. We pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning. It is now, now and ever shall be. We have the extraordinary gift of being found by God and being among all the other coins. We are part of God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And we have the humble privilege of being those who search. Mother Teresa of Calcutta was canonized by Pope Francis as a saint. She was always searching, healing. She was always putting, putting other people before herself. People always wanted to visit her because they wanted to be a part of her work. And she really had a celebrity status among those persons who are called to show mercy. They thought she was the keeper of the jar. Yet she knew that there were the lost and the lonely and the sick all over the world, not just in Calcutta. So she said, stay where you are. Don't, don't come here. Find your own Calcutta. Find the sick, the suffering, and the lonely right where you are. In your homes and in your own families, in your workplaces and in your schools, you can find Calcutta all over the world if you have the eyes to see. Everywhere, wherever you go, you find people who are unwanted, unloved, uncared for, just rejected by society, completely forgotten, completely left alone. All are welcome. Find a penny, pick it up the rest of the day. You'll have good luck. 
Find a penny, throw it in the jar, and God will rejoice because you are who you are. Welcome home. God knows your name.